Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Jay Bear, and we're going to explore Facebook video marketing, how Jay is using it, and where this whole world with Facebook video is headed. By the way, if you want to reach me, email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool app to create fonts slash integrate them into your images. It's called Right Behind. Okay, so Right Behind, is it spelled like I think it is? W-R-I-T-E, or how do you, how do they spell it? Yes, W-R-I-T-E as in writing, and then behind, B-E-H-I-N-D, rightbehind.com is where you can find it. So you said it's for creating fonts. Why would we want to create a font? Well, it's, it's, uh, I, should re- I should rephrase that. It, it's got an, a lot of fonts that you can then tweak and make integrated into the photos. So for example, if you had a picture of mountains, you could type with, you could first find a really cool uh, mountain-esque looking font, and then you could integrate that. You add it, and then it kind of morphs into the background, and you can make it seem like it's professional design, if you will. Interesting. So how does this compare to all the other uh, apps we've, we've mentioned over the years that kind of do cool stuff with fonts? What, what makes this different? I think the really key differentiator here is the fact that one, uh, the guy that who, who does most of our Instagram uh, image creation, Jeff C, has used this successfully, especially with you and say Mark Schaefer, where he puts text into the Instagram images as a quote image and it breaks the fourth wall and it makes it feel like the action is kind of almost popping out at you in the image. Huh. Really intriguing. So uh, is this an app? Is this a plugin? What is this exactly? It's an iOS app and it is free. There are some, you know, if you want to unlock certain sets of fonts or images or styles, that kind of thing, those in-app purchases, but you can get by with trying it out for free uh, in the iOS app store. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at their website right now and the examples they show, for example, is uh, the words kind of appear behind some of the things inside the image, which is not easy to do. So for example, yes. they show a person with the word beauty behind her. 
in order for that to, to happen, you have to have, you know, typically you would have to trace all the way around the person. And it sounds like this just knows what parts of the image to knock out and put the words behind it. Is that kind of the magic of the whole thing? Yes, exactly. It, it's got that intuitive nature where it sees where the images are, or where the aspects of the images are, I should say, and it will then adapt the text to that. So it kind of allows you to put uh, fonts into the background of your images uh, so that it does appear as if it was done by a professional designer. Another example they're showing is Into the Woods, and a couple of trees are in front of the words Into the Woods overlapping it, so it kind of looks like it was actually professionally placed behind it. Pretty cool. So this is exclusively for the iOS, and you know what it costs? It is free. Awesome. And again, that URL is right, W-R-I-T-E, behind.com. Thank you so much for bringing us this brand new find, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Jay Bear. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Jay Bear. If you don't know who Jay is, he is a digital marketing and social media strategist. He authored numerous books, most recently Hug Your Haters, a book about social care. He also hosts the Social Pros Podcast and the Jay Today Show. Jay, welcome back to the show. My friend, thank you so much for having me on this fine program. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, I appreciate you coming and finding time to talk today. So today and I, today Jay and I are going to explore Facebook video marketing and we're going to kind of dig into it, talk about it, what it might mean from, you know, small business, big business, the whole perspective and, and the whole world that we're in right now. So, Jay, let me start with this question. When it comes to video, in your opinion, is Facebook more important than YouTube? Um, should we as marketers put our eggs in the Facebook video basket more than the YouTube basket? What's your thoughts? Well, there are certainly a lot of people that are doing tremendously well with YouTube videos. There are just as many people doing tremendously well with Facebook videos. There are not too many people. They exist, but there's not too many people who are doing equally well with both. And I think that's because we are starting to see a divergence, right, where YouTube is a place that you go because you either are are using it like television – 
uh, and you're just watching, you know, they just rolled out YouTube TV. You're just roll, you're just watching video after video after video. You're using it as a television replacement or as an entertainment function, or you're using YouTube because it is essentially video search. You're like, how do I change the oil in my boat? You're not going to go to Facebook for that. You're going to go to YouTube for that. Whereas Facebook, of course, is in the feed. It's in the stream. And so it's it's just sort of interruption uh, when you're already on Facebook and you're seeing what's going on out there. Oh, here's a video. Here's a video. Here's your video. So I think we're starting to see a much different use case uh, for each of them. And so I, I believe what's going to happen and certainly what we're advising our clients to do at Convince to Convert is to think about, okay, what what is this video and under what circumstances are people going to want to consume that video? And then based on that question and answer session, that's the one that you should pick as your primary home for that particular video execution. I was, as of this recording, I was at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, and uh, this is a Lucas event. There were almost 80,000 Star Wars fans there. Jeez. And it was pretty crazy. And they released the talk about ev- event management, right? Yeah, <laughs> dream big, you know. And they released the very they released the the, the first official um, movie premiere for the Last Jedi. And I got a chance to meet the guy who manages uh, Lucas and Star Wars. And and just out of curiosity, I went on their Facebook page and their YouTube channel just to to see how many views. Um, there were for each of these, you know, uh, for the premiere across each of these, which one do you think had more views? How long was the, was the bit? It was about two minutes. Okay. Part of the question is how do they release it and how do they distribute it? But I'm going to guess if it was sort of an official Lucas production, they probably dropped it on uh, their Facebook page, but they probably have a lot of YouTube subscribers too. Man, this is tough. I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say YouTube only because it's Lucas and they've been around a long time and they probably have a lot of YouTube subscribers because they've got length of time in the saddle at YouTube. So here's the deal: Facebook was 16 million, YouTube was three million when I checked it. Wow! And just so you Thank know, you. this was within 30 minutes of of it actually going live. You know, of yeah. of the official release of it. Now, I would imagine over the long haul, people will probably, uh, YouTube will probably win because that's the one everyone will embed on their website. And that's the one that will come up. But actually, when I searched for The Last Jedi um, on YouTube, what came up above the actual Star Wars official Lucas thing was all these commentary videos, not the actual video itself. Interesting. Which was really interesting. Now, the only reason I bring that up is here is a very large traditional media company, right? And... Facebook was crushing it. And part of the reason why I think that it probably went so big and so fast on Facebook is because of the social component, you know, and yeah. let's, let's talk about yeah, that. You can for a share, you can share a Facebook video in a way that, um, in a, in a frictionless way, um, that it is more difficult to do on YouTube, partially because, uh, if you try to share a YouTube video on Facebook, Facebook de-emphasizes it. And so part of that is just Facebook's own making. Although the one thing we should acknowledge is that Facebook defines a view differently than YouTube does. So Facebook says that a three-second play is is a play. YouTube requires – it's either 10 or 15 seconds. I, I think it's 30. I th- I've heard 30 seconds. So. Is it 30? Yeah. Well, okay. So if that's the case, if you say, okay, you got 3 million, 3 million plays at 30 seconds or longer – and you've got 16 million plays at three seconds or longer, you, you might even have the same actual watch time 
for both, right? So if you think about it for, for actual, you know, how, how many seconds were consumed right. versus how many people consumed any of it, you, you might actually have equivalency there, even though the difference in people who actually saw it is so is so great. And I just, I don't want to get too nerdy yeah, here, but I know, think that's, it might have only it's been an important thing to remember, though. You know, you're right. But here's the thing. I think for this particular audience that's interested in Star Wars, they're going to watch they're the watching whole thing. They're watching two minutes. Yeah, yeah there's probably not. You're, you're, it's a really good point. Yeah. There's not a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm, there's I'm no way that they wouldn't watch. Into this, I'm out. Yeah, there's no way they would do it. But I just thought it was an interesting observation and it'd be really interesting to see whether or not the Facebook one is still ahead. But, you know, so so let's bring this down to the everyday marketer. Um, a couple things you said, first of all, is the sharing side of it, right? So there isn't an easy way on YouTube for you to just um, share it to your YouTube account. You can share it to your Google Plus account, but nobody's there anymore, right? And everybody lives on Facebook. So there is a certain virality and social proof mechanism that's on Facebook, regardless of how they count the view. You know, if you're watching a video that has millions of views, doesn't that send a signal to me if I see that in the newsfeed that maybe I might want to watch this video? It's even more than that. It doesn't even send a signal. It's that's in your newsfeed. Right. right. I mean, Facebook very much drives exposure based on engagement. And and so if you put a video on Facebook and a disproportionate number of people like, comment and share, then a disproportionate number of people are going to see it in their feed, which then gives them an opportunity to then share it to somebody else. And, and the cycle continues. It is truly the ripple in the pond effect. I see it every single time I put up one of my videos uh, on, on Facebook. You know, if I get immediate uh, engagement, then more people see it and the rich get richer. If I don't get immediate engagement, it, it's going to plateau. I'm sure you see the same thing with the video that you do on Facebook. Right. You know, my take on this is, um, let's zoom in on live video. For example, you can go live from your smartphone now on YouTube and you can do it on Facebook. Uh, as of this recording, I think you have to have a, a decent subscriber base on YouTube to go live, but I wouldn't be surprised if that gets completely eliminated. The, the challenge that happens with going live on YouTube is that the people, I don't think there's an easy way like there is on Facebook for the audience to be there in a snap. And when you go live on Facebook, because people kind of live on Facebook, it seems that you can acquire a live audience much, much faster. I have been experimenting with this idea of doing live video vlogging, live vlogging, yeah. if you will. And I've been just doing it on Facebook. And a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you do it on YouTube? And the reason I do it on Facebook is because when I'm live, I want that interaction with the crowd. And I guess, you know, it does actually make me wonder, could I actually use my personal profile on Facebook in the same way that people use YouTube and build uh, a vlog? I would imagine I could. I don't know if it's smart. But I could. absolutely you could, uh, and I kind of do that with my day to day show. That that those uh, those videos appear first on my personal Facebook page, not my not my personality page, not my company page, on my personal profile, uh, and then we take them and put them on my business page, and then we take them and put them on YouTube third. Mm. Um, but but it absolutely starts now. I do a lot of other things on on Facebook other than just video, so you wouldn't say that my profile is is just a vlog. Uh, but absolutely. Now, one of the reasons that's true, though, is that Facebook in their um, sort of sharp elbows approach to competition has a rule that says if you are streaming to Facebook live, you cannot also stream anywhere else live. It's actually in the API. So 
if you wanted to stream to Facebook Live and Periscope, for example, or Facebook to, Live and Periscope and YouTube Live, yeah. multiple phones or multiple computers, which is not impossible. But now you're talking about you know serious nerd uh, level activity. So that's one of the reasons why I go to Facebook first is that I, I can't go anywhere else. I do the same thing that we talk about the the vlogging. Uh, almost every time I write a blog post, an actual written blog post on convincegivert.com, I now do a Periscope uh, as soon as I finish writing it. And I, and I do a video of the blog post several days before it appears on the blog. I usually write a few days in advance. And I do it on Periscope just because the, I don't have other content on Periscope routinely. And it's been great. I've gotten a lot of good engagement. It's, it's a lot of fun to do that. So I guess it begs the question, getting back to Facebook for a second here, does it make sense to have when it comes to our video marketing, does it make sense to just focus on Facebook? Is that a strategy that's a smart strategy given the fact that they are the predominant social network right now? I would say no for two reasons. One, once you have the video, to also put that video on Facebook, or I should say on YouTube or or anywhere else, is not a tremendous amount of work, right? So, so the extra effort required to put it in multiple places, in my estimation, is not so great that it calls into question the ROI of that behavior. The second reason I wouldn't do it is, as I've said since the very, very beginning of Facebook, you should never build your house entirely on rented land. Because right now, Facebook is overemphasizing video. Right now, Facebook is overemphasizing live video. That didn't used to be the case. And at some point, it will not be the case. So if you're going to make big strategic decisions based on what Facebook's rules are today, I can guarantee you one thing, Mike. Someday you're going to be disappointed about that decision. Right. Because the one thing Facebook does better than anybody else in the whole world in the history of technology is change their mind. So I would never advise a client of any size to only put anything on Facebook, much less video. Well, then the next logical question is, if we're just getting started with video marketing, does it make sense to get our feet wet with Facebook first? Uh, I think especially if you're going to do live, um, I, I think that's the best training ground for live be, because you pointed it out. You're, you're probably going to pick up viewers more quickly because people are more likely to be on Facebook than anywhere else anytime you you decide to go live. Not to mention the fact now you've got appointment live where you can say, hey, I'm going to be live tomorrow at noon and people can kind of tune in to that broadcast, which is a nice feature. So uh, it's definitely the best place to to start figuring out what your style is, what works for you. After that, maybe you feel like because of the nature of your programming or you just like it better, maybe it does make sense for you to use Periscope or YouTube Live or something else. But but I would recommend Facebook Live as as the best place to start for sure. Um, Jay, you do a lot with video. Um, why don't you share with everybody kind of um, let's dig into the Jay strategy. You know, we can talk about Jay today. We can talk about anything else that yeah. you do, because I want to kind of unpack what you're doing and why you're doing it as kind of a case example for people. And maybe I'll share some of the stuff we're doing over here at Social Media Examiner just to kind of get people some perspective of things they can do that maybe don't create a lot of work. Yeah, you bet. That's my specialty. Uh, so I used to do a show called Jay Today, which is Jay Today now season one. Uh, two years ago, and I was one of the first people to do regular short form video blogging and did it on YouTube. Uh, 
primarily YouTube because that was really the the primary game in town at that point just two years ago. Funny to think about that, right? So it was a YouTube-based show that I would occasionally put on Facebook uh, as well. And and I did three episodes a week, uh, three minutes per episode about social media and marketing and business, et cetera. Sunsetted that show for a year to work on some other projects. Brought that show back in January 2017, uh, which is now J Today Season 2. So now I do two shows a week, uh, three to five minutes uh, each about social media, business, marketing, life, etc. Uh, but now the show debuts on Facebook on my profile. Uh, then my team puts a caption on it. Right, We rip the file, caption it quickly, uh, usually using Rev.com. Once we have the captions, we take the video with the caption and put it on my uh, on my. Uh, personality page, my business page on Facebook. We also just, put it just on real the company quick, on page. the caption. Are YouTube. you hold on real quick here on the caption? Are you actually just uploading it as a SRT file or whatever the heck they call it, or are you actually making it so that it always plays with the caption and somehow remastering the video, if you will? We we use it. We upload the SRT file, but we clean it up first because the automated SRT is usually pretty good, but occasionally it's not quite it's not quite right. Especially because I do almost all my videos live. There's times that I'll I'll mess something up or or say it in a way that the uh, automated closed captioning robots can't for what I'm saying. So my team will clean it up a little bit, but we, we upload it as an SRT. We don't remaster it. Uh, it takes too much time. Uh, you know, I'm doing them twice a week. We we want to make sure that we get it up quickly. So we we do the automatic captions, we clean it up, and then put it on my business page, then the company page, and then YouTube. So it's Facebook personal profile first, then business pro, then business page, company page, and, and YouTube in that order. So we end up with four places that that video is going to live, and usually we have that whole sequence done within 24 hours. Then we transcribe the show. Uh, and turn it into a blog post, and then we take that blog post and put it on LinkedIn and Medium and our site. So each three three to five minute video uh, ends up having seven different places where it lives. Talk to me about how, talk to me about kind of the show flow and kind of how you, what's how do you come up with the idea and how do you decide how how it's going to flow when you go for your f- uh, five minutes. I am lucky uh, in that I don't need to prep much to do video. I think it's because I've been a speaker for so long and I do a lot of MC work. And so that sort of trains you to just uh, open your mouth and talk. And so I'll, I'll see uh, ideas or I'll read things or observe something. I'm like, you know what, that that either deserves praise or criticism. And I'll just make a note of it in my calendar. I've got it sort of a notes function in my in my calendar on my phone. And I'll just write down two or three words. And then when I have a chance to do another episode, uh, I'll just turn on the camera. Uh, and I usually do most J Today episodes on my laptop now using Wirecast uh, because I drop in the J Today logo, the sponsor logo, uh, and the title of the episode and do some other graphics. Uh, just so it's not just me talking into a phone. So I'd make it a little bit nicer. But but I'll just go from that sort of three-word inspiration and and just do my three- or five-minute uh, routine, and, and then we're done. Got it. So um, you're using Wirecast, and you're popping like some sort of logo or sponsor logo on the screen kind of thing. Um, yep. Do you do any interaction at all with the audience, or do you purposely just kind of talk and I don't. ignore I don't, that because it's there? so short. You know, it's it's only five minutes, right? And so... The, the idea is, hey, here's what I think right now, and we're out, and then I'll interact with people in the comments afterwards. Got it. Um, now, since you're using Wirecast, you do have the option to go live on multiple locations simultaneously. Have you thought about whether or not you want to do that? 
So I have I have thought about it. The challenge is uh, when I've tested it in the past, it it puts a pretty serious resource strain on my computer. Right. Uh, and so what I don't want to have happen is the whole thing blows up in the middle of it. So uh, it 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 works out fine at this point to to just do it live on Facebook and then and then take the clip and put it elsewhere. How do you actually get the file downloaded? Is it complicated to get it, or are you recording it locally, or are you actually just having your team somehow grab it off your personal profile? That's exactly what we, so we used to do it where I would record it and then I would save it to my desktop and then from there I would upload it to Dropbox and then the team would grab it from Dropbox and close caption it and then and then syndicate it in other places. But that was a lot of upload download hassle. So now I just put it on my personal page and I email my team. There's a new J Today episode up. They don't even know when they're going to happen because in many cases, I don't know. Um, that's the sort of magic of that show is that when I have a hole in my schedule, if I have something to say, I just turn on the camera and say it. So I just email my team and say, there's a new episode. Uh, and in many cases, they already know because they get notified when I go live. They just download the file from Facebook and then they do the the captioning and, and the syndication from there. What do you do when you're in a, situation where you don't have a good upload speed do you just record it locally on your machine in those situations or do you, do you choose not to do it because when i was at star wars celebration i tried to go live multiple times but i couldn't get internet at, at all you know not even on my lte because there was just too many people in a small location and there was no signal for up so i just ended up recording it and uploading it later but i'm just curious do you always go yeah. live i i try to always go live uh, but I certainly have done that in cases where I'm on the road and the hotel Wi-Fi is not going to get it done, et cetera. I'll record it at that point using um, ScreenFlow, mm -hmm. which I use a lot for company stuff. And, and I'll record it in ScreenFlow and then upload it later. Do you? What do you do about audio and lighting and stuff like that? So I'm not as good as it as I should be, partially because I, I record it from lots of different places. So I used to bring my Yeti mic with me that I use for podcasting, which as you know, is a large and very heavy microphone and is a real uh, hassle to carry around the country with you. So now I have a, a Shure um, a V5, I think is the model, a snowball mic. So it's, just, it's about the size of a uh, of a racquetball and it's a, it's a really good microphone. Um, and, and it's very, very lightweight and takes up almost no room in my bag. So I use that for audio for video, because uh, I don't want to travel with a DSLR or something like that, I use the brand new uh, Logitech uh, webcam, which is really quite good, the new 9 series, which just came out recently, and it shoots in 1080, uh, and, and that is sufficient for what I, I typically do. And then I've got some external lights, some kind of fold-up uh, LED lights that I bring with me just to kind of balance it out. But, the, but it is not a show that's intended to, to look perfect. Uh, it's intended to feel like it's... Um, happening right now because it is. And, and so I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make it studio grade each time. Well, to, and just for the folks that are like, whoa, that's even more techie than I thought. I want to let y'all know what I do. I have a selfie stick and, um, I happen to have it right here. It's, it's called, uh, Yutang, Y-U-N-T-E-N-G. The thing extends out to like five feet. And, wow. um, and then I have a, um, I have a Rode, R-O-D-E microphone that plugs into my iPhone and uh, I paid like $69 for this thing. And I literally, I walk. I do these walks, mm -hmm. you know, walk with Mike kind of thing. And I just, I like mm -hmm. the active background. And mine are more like 10 to 20 minutes. I walk around the building or I hike into the backcountry and I just go live. Um, yeah, it looks really good. And I don't think you need to, you know, 
I'm trying to interact with the audience more. I'm trying to create a slightly longer video. But the moral of the story is you can do this with the camera built into your laptop if you really wanted to, right, Jay? And you could probably oh, yeah. do it with the iPhone headset plugged into this, the, the, the jack on your computer if you really wanted to go low-tech on this thing, couldn't you? Absolutely. Although I would recommend um, the, the camera on your, on your laptop is, unless you have an old machine, is fine. Right, that's not really going to be your issue. If you're going to spend money, I would do it in this order. Uh, if you're going to shoot indoors, I, I would recommend first get some sort of microphone. Right, so you can get a very good. I think the one I used was it was seventy dollars or something like that. So we're not talking about crazy money. Probably audio. Second, Technica. yeah. Second, make sure you've got some decent lighting because the indoor lighting can be really rough if you're not really sure how to do that. Outdoor lighting is actually more forgivable in many cases. So I would I would look at it in that order. So I would go microphone first, light second, um, camera third in in that in that order for for inside shots. Uh, outside you might have a different sequence. Is your the Rode microphone that you use is it uh, wired or wireless? It's wired and it's got about yeah. a six foot wire on the thing, so it's it's pretty good. Um, and I yeah, generally uh, lapel it to my shirt, and it, it sounds a lot better than just no microphone at all. I need to talk to you about that offline. I have the same microphone, and I could never really get it to work. Uh, and and I, I found their their app to be really hard to use, and so I kind of gave up on it. So I need to talk to you about that sometime. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, I find it's pretty good. I don't know if it's the same one. I'll, I'll show you, but I think it's called an iLab or something like that. Um, so so let me ask you this: Why are you choosing to go? live um what's your strategy about going live when you're technically not interacting with the audience oh it's easy it's because when you go live people get notified that you're live got it so it's purely notifications based so it's all about exposure really for you right in the news feed yeah exposure in the new free feeds and i don't i look at it this way interacting with the audience in a out you know at minute five minutes you know five minutes and ten seconds is not significantly different than interacting with them at three minutes and 10 seconds, right? So it's the second it's over, right. I start a asking and answering questions, and I don't feel like that's a, a major uh, a major difference, really. Yeah, and that was a softball question. I mean, the bottom line is Facebook has definitely made it clear that live video is going to get preference as far as exposure. You know, your friends get notified because you're using your personal profile. There's a lot more opportunity for exposure. And I'm assuming you've tested this and you found that. Oh, yeah. You found that. Now, I don't know, Jay, if you have this on your personal profile yet or not, but I actually do on mine. I get statistics on my videos. Do you get those on yours as well? Only on my mobile phone. It will tell me the total watch time. It tells me how many, how many engagements I've gotten. And I've had this for quite some time, and I think it's a beta feature. Do you, have you seen that yet on your mobile device? Yes, I have it through the Mentions app, um, which is where I usually use Facebook for my phone. But because I shoot off my laptop, I don't get it. Yeah, so um, I think this is coming to everyone. Which is kind of a bummer, you know, that I don't have it, that I don't have that kind of uh, that kind of data. We certainly have it when the show uh, appears on on other places, but but natively we don't because I use the computer. But I just like that style better. I, I'm I'm more comfortable sitting in a chair talking into the computer than I am uh, doing it on my phone. Although what's funny is when I did the show originally two years ago, it was always on my phone. Uh, I shot every episode on my iPhone, but now that we have Wirecast and some of this other technology, uh, it's just easier for me to do it on the laptop. Here's the good news. This is what I believe is coming because I also have the blue check mark on my personal profile and can use the mentions app, but most people don't. Here's the deal. All videos, whether they're produced from a desktop, the API or not, um, on my personal profile, I get video analytics on every one of those videos. 
So the good news is this is a feature that I think is in beta. I think they're testing it. And literally I can, I can record it from my desktop and then I can pull it up on my mobile device and I can look at the analytics and it will show me nice. all the, the, like the total uh, minutes watched, the all sorts of interesting analytics on the personal profile that typically would only have been available on a page. So that's the nice. good news. That's coming and I'm excited that's to great. see that's coming. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that YouTube's had for a long time. Exactly. And, and now finally sort of Facebook is catching and they need to because like, you know, to the, to the point of this episode, if if companies, you know, real companies, big companies are going to start using Facebook as a major video platform, they've got to have analytics. It's one of the things that's held Snapchat back is is not having enough uh, analytics that people buy into. And so eventually, you know, you're not going to have major companies saying, yeah, let's put, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars into Facebook video. And like, well, we don't really know how many people watch it other than views. Here's how many people watch it for three seconds. Like you can't. That's not going to work. Two more things I want to talk about. Um Short form video first. Um, yeah. On Facebook, we've got Facebook stories. On Messenger, we've got Messenger Day. On Instagram, we've got Instagram stories. You know, these are um, basically 15 to 18 second short form video. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on this short form video? What does it mean for marketers? What's your take on it? It's obviously a new medium for marketers. Well, I like the original, I mean, maybe I'm just old school, but I like the original Instagram video, right? Before we got into stories where you just do a video instead of a photo. I thought that was great. Um, I like Instagram stories. Uh, I have I have mostly stopped using Snapchat, frankly, as a result, me and 200 million other people. Uh, I just find the interface to be more comfortable uh, and more of my existing contacts are on Instagram than were on Snapchat anyway. Uh, so I like Instagram stories. I use it. Um, there certainly is a business case for it for companies. Uh, what, what about Facebook stories? Others, but, but it's a little what, tricky. Go let's ahead. talk about Facebook stories though, right? Because now, yeah. now it's only on the personal profile. It's 18 second yep. short form video. It's exactly the same yep. as Instagram stories. You yep. know, what does this mean for marketers? You know, what's your thoughts on this? Are you using it yet? No, I, I think they've made a mistake with that. Frankly, this idea that now let's put stories on everything. I just don't think it's a good strategy because what it does is it, it, it confuses the marketer. You're like, okay, well, I have a piece of content here or a content idea or a day or a story or a multi-part video concept. Well, should I put it on Instagram or Facebook or Messenger? Uh, I, I understand they're trying to snuff out Snapchat, but but I would not have done that. I think it's a bad decision to, to put it uh, in every single place. I know they believe it's a feature, but uh, I think it muddies the waters unnecessarily. And, and you know, on the corporate side, all the consulting that we do, brands were just starting to get comfortable with Instagram stories. And now they have to contend with Facebook stories and possibly Messenger Day. It, it's just a lot to deal with. Well, here's the thing. As of this recording, Facebook stories are only for personal profiles, not yep. for pages. Well, yeah, for now. But. For, for now. Um, but the thing, the thing that I, I look at here is I think about a couple of things. Facebook has made it clear that they're running out of ad inventory right? There's only so much inventory that they have. That's the first thing to keep in the back of your brain. The other thing yep. is whoever does update their story does, you see their face right up at the top. Like when mm -hmm. I open Facebook, I see three of my friends. I see Carlos Gill. I see Owen video. I see Brian Kramer. And then I also see Sean Ayala. Now these guys are all speakers and it just so happens that I see them right at the top of my Facebook app before I even start scrolling down. So I do think that there could be some marketing play here. Um, 
And I think that we're kind of starting to get into this new style of storytelling, Jay. Oh, that, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. It, I mean, it's the, I mean, I kind of feel like, like short form video, especially the stories format is, is the new blogging, um, in, in, in almost every way. Uh, it's the same cadence. It's the same style. It's the same concept. It's the same point. It's just um, vertical. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you have a comments section, essentially. Um, it's just not usually public comments in the same way, but, uh, more one-to-one comments in most cases. But, but I think it's very, 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 very common. Uh, or I should say the similarities are, are very apparent to me between, uh, kind of what blogging was or even what Twitter was at some level. And, and now what, what story based, uh, short form video is becoming, it's pretty fascinating, but I still have a challenge with, you know, you've got the same kind of, you've got the same kind of narrative right. and you put it on Snapchat, Instagram, or Facebook that, that bugs me. Well, the good news is everybody seems to allow you to download these things and re-upload them. So I guess, yeah, but, you know, but that's so that's that, you know, yes, but come on. Like I, I've, I've, I've seen some people now saying, well, you know, I'm going to take the same content and put it everywhere. And that's my quote unquote omni-channel strategy. That, that's not an omni-channel strategy. That's just a syndication play. It's the same thing I do with my day-to-day videos. Like, yeah, you can do that, but is that is that really using that? I mean, how authentic is that? Is that really using social media to its best advantage? Take the same stuff word for word and pixel for pixel and put it in every channel? I mean, I don't know. Is that the future? Is that what we want? I agree. Is that, uh, but is I that think, the idea? Here's my thoughts on this. I think that for someone who wants to get involved in marketing, it's the path of least resistance. I mean, in video, it's the path of least resistance because for 18 seconds, you just hold your camera in your hand and you talk and you see if you get a response. I mean, that seems to be start where you have the biggest network, right? If it's on Instagram, yeah. start there. If it's on Snapchat, go there. If it's on Facebook, go there and just start creating content that way because everybody can talk for 18 seconds or show a picture. Um, and I think it might be maybe the gateway drug to the longer form video or maybe eventually going live. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I would say it's probably in between, uh, or I would reverse the last two. It seems to me like stories is the gateway drug to live more so than long form video because a long form video typically requires, uh, you know, more of a, a shtick, right? You've got a storyboard. You, you have, you, you know, it's more of a show quote unquote, but, but live and so what's the difference between live and stories? It's, it's maybe slightly longer and, and it's not broken up into clips, right? right? But other than that, it's really the same mechanism. It's usually a little less formal, et cetera. So, uh, it's funny what you say about going wherever your audience is. I guess that's the genius of Facebook stories is that for most people, not for everybody, certainly, but for most people, their biggest audience um, is on Facebook, right? Maybe larger than Instagram in most cases, or at least in many cases. Um, now that Twitter doesn't have, or since Twitter doesn't have stories, uh, maybe I should be doing. Maybe I should be doing Facebook stories instead of Instagram stories. Maybe that's your point. Maybe, yeah. And I think you know the the only thing about Facebook stories is it is not for your followers; it's for your friends. That's the that's yeah. the key thing that I have discovered. Hopefully, that will change. Um, because I have a lot more followers on my personal profile than I do friends. I only have like 750 friends and thousands of followers. So the last thing I want to talk about is before we hit record, you and I were both commenting about how as of this recording, Mark Zuckerberg got off the stage at F8 and announced um, augmented reality camera. The augmented reality camera is coming. Let me kind of explain what it is, and then I want to get your reaction to this augmented reality thing. Basically, what he said is that all of the Facebook ecosystem apps now are going to have the camera 
have the ability to augment the reality, which is essentially adding like a three-dimensional layer on top of the real world. And he showed an example of typing in a few words and those words showed up as like blocks stacked on his desk. And as he moved the camera around, it looked like they were physically there. And then he went on to show a number of other interesting examples like him running and uh, around his neck was the miles that he had run. Uh, and dynamically, it was being updated using the augmented reality technology. So he said this is the major thing that he's going to be focusing on. And I'm curious, what's your thoughts on this? Um, what's, what do you want to tell marketers when it comes to augmented reality? Obviously, this is very future focused. I think it's really important to point out that when you say the camera, what we're really talking about is not hardware. This isn't a Facebook camera. This is not a snap spectacles. This is using your existing smartphone, the camera that you already have on that phone. And what they're doing is adding an augmented reality software layer into the existing ecosystem of Facebook powered apps. So Facebook, Facebook mentions, uh, obviously messenger, WhatsApp, presumably Instagram, of course. So, I think it's brilliant because I've been saying for a long time, I just said this on stage at a big conference last week, it's not about VR, it's about AR. Like virtual reality is amazing, but there's only so many circumstances where you can put goggles on your face, right? I mean, it's just it's just a narrow set of use cases. Uh, now, those use cases are incredibly powerful, whether it's uh, war fighting or medicine or you know having really intimate uh, interactions with loved ones, et cetera. There's a lot of great things you can do with virtual reality, but if there's one thing we learned from Google Glass, people are not going to walk around with stuff on their face uh, all the time. Augmented reality, when you're talking about existing hardware, the phone you already have in your pocket and being able to do more things uh, with that in sort of a Pokemon Go style approach, it is absolutely the future. I'm hugely bullish on it. I think Facebook has knocked it out of the park uh, and they really understand what is viable and what is a bridge too far, right? And and that's the one thing I think we don't give Facebook enough credit for is how good they are at incrementalism, right? They 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 push technology just far enough, just fast enough. That everybody's like, yeah, we should do that. Yeah, we should we should make that happen. And it's never too far too fast. And you look at what Google has done, is that the whole history of Google over the last ten years is pushing too far too fast, right? A lot of the things that that are now commonplace, Google came up with, but they just tried to roll it out too quickly. And and people are like, yeah, we're not ready yet. Um, and and so I think this is going to be a huge huge opportunity. And and I'm also really bullish on which which Facebook hasn't talked about yet, but I think they will eventually. Although Apple may may take this uh, lead, is the audio version of AR, right? The idea that your headphones are saying, oh, okay, there is a restaurant nearby that has a 4.8 rating on Yelp. Turn right to go there, right? If you've seen the movie Her. I really believe that is the future, that that augmented reality, artificial intelligence-powered earbuds are going to be something that everybody has within five years. Well, if we think about it, Facebook has already Facebook Live 360. You could plug a 360 camera into your smartphone and go live 360 degrees. That rolled out a couple of weeks ago as of this recording. Yep. Uh, they've already got 360 photos, right, which you can you can do with your smartphone. Uh, you can do a panoramic and turn it into 360, or you can get a 360 camera. They own Oculus Rift. They're licensing this technology, you know, with the Samsung gear. There's, there's a lot going on in the world of video. Mark Zuckerberg said we are heading towards a world where it will all be video. 
And I kind of think I can see it. I can see the writing on the wall. I think these smartphones are getting smarter and faster. And I think that um, there may be a world where we watch and we listen and re- only read if we have to. I don't know. So I think I think the message yeah, as, an, as an author, it uh, kind of freaks me out a little bit. I mean, I, we, I did a, a webinar recently with Vidyard and they had an incredible stat uh, that we talked about in this webinar that today uh, the average American reads for 25 minutes a day and watches 72 minutes of online video per day. That doesn't even count TV. 72 minutes of online video versus 25 minutes reading all forms. So think about where that's headed. Uh, and and I've really thought about it. I'm going to be cooking up a new book here sometime this year. And I'm like, man, maybe that shouldn't be a book, right? Maybe it should be a collection of VR experiences and we just call it a book. I don't know. Well, um, folks, I think that if there's one take-home message from the discussion that Jay and I are having is that video is the future. And if you want to be a little bit ahead start messing around with video, whether it's 18 second short videos or 15 second short videos or live video or more, more established productions, video, video, video is the future. Don't put all your eggs in the Facebook basket, but of course it's a great playground to get started. Do you have any other closing thoughts that you want to add Jay, before you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on? I would just I would just say and I'll blend those two uh, opportunities that we have a, an email newsletter at Convince and Convert uh, that we now call Convince and Convert on. It used to be daily, now it's weekly. And the reason the email is now weekly is we take one theme uh, and we actually do a whole video describing that theme, and then we curate a bunch of links to really fantastic content, some from us, some from people uh, like Mike about that theme. And so we literally now have taken video and incorporated it into our email program. So when we talk about video, 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 that's how far we've taken it. We're actually using video as the start of email. And I got to tell you, a year ago, we sure as heck wouldn't have been talking about that. Awesome. Where can they find uh, your Jay Today Show? Where can they find your podcast? And where can they find you, Jay? You can subscribe to the J Today Show on YouTube because YouTube's really good at subscription and Facebook really isn't yet. Uh, go to jtoday.tv uh, and you'll get a little email every time a new episode hits YouTube. Uh, our main site is convinceandconvert.com, 10 blog posts a week, multiple podcasts per week, a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, and my personal site is jbear.com. And then the Social Pros podcast, if you've got room in your dial. The for a- Social Pros podcast is socialpros.com. Just uh, recorded episode 257 today. Woohoo! Mr. Jay Bear, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your awesome insight and wisdom. My pleasure, my friend. Always great to talk to you. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If there was anything that we mentioned, like some of that equipment and you just didn't catch it, Well, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 249. Also, new to the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Never miss a future episode. We've got an amazing lineup of experts coming to you in the future weeks and months. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.